Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. On the 1st of September, we have officially arrived at autumn. And ironically, I'm hearing that there might actually be warmer weather on the way, following a, uh, shall we say, quiet end to August on the weather scales. It's been a little bit cooler, which, to be fair, you tend to expect as summer winds down and autumn begins, you you tend to believe it will be a bit cooler. But as I say, rumour has it, we can expect slightly warmer conditions over the course of next week, which I have no objection to. I would welcome nice uh, sort of warm conditions as we head into September. Of course, it would typically warm up just as the kids go back to school, which is just around the corner. And when that happens, I dare say that millions of parents around the country will breathe a sigh of relief. But the kids, of course, will be less than enthralled to return to their daily grind. But one day, they'll be adults and they get to experience the daily grind of work on a far more permanent basis. So that's something for all of you to look forward to if you're a kid. Anyway, rather than ramble about weather, school, etc., etc., I do have a purpose behind this podcast. I don't always have a purpose behind these podcasts, but I do right now. Recently, I have been engaged in what I might describe as some stimulating discussions on the subject of uh, politics and society in general and what it means to be poor, what it means to make money and what kind of constitutes, I guess, fairness in, in society. To bring this into something which makes a bit more sense, uh, someone made the argument that Poverty is a choice. Interesting idea, interesting notion. Do people choose to be poor? Do people consciously decide one day I would prefer to be struggling to you know, pay my rent, to buy food, to do this, that and the other? I would argue that no one makes a conscious decision to go down that particular rabbit hole. It could be said that sometimes people make bad choices that lead them into poverty. That does happen. But equally, there are plenty of circumstances outside of the control of the average mortal that can lead them into difficult times. Sometimes you can work incredibly hard all your life, but you will live paycheck to paycheck your entire life. And that is not a choice that someone makes, that is the the harsh and rather unforgiving reality of the world we live in today and of the current, if you like, financial arrangements, shall we say, of the world we live in today. To offer up some examples, there are plenty of people who work very, very hard, particularly, you know, to offer up as an example here in the USA. But they, if they're lucky, 
they have enough money to cover their rent, and then they have some difficult choices to make. Things aren't helped because the USA has a strange system for its healthcare. As mentioned before, you end up having to pay out uh, quite a lot of money for healthcare in the USA, and people sometimes have a choice to make over whether or not they, you know, they buy much in the way of food for the month, or whether they buy the medication they can't do without. Situations like that are sadly all too common out there, and it leaves people in dire straits. And people can fall into poverty because of stuff like that, which is not a choice. It's not a, a decision that someone makes. They haven't decided that they want to be struggling to get by. It's like saying homelessness is a choice. No, it isn't. No, it, it's like saying people choose to starve. No, they don't. It's a very strange way of looking at things, but the individual who made this claim is, I dare say, rather strange in some respects. They're certainly someone I have clashed with uh, more than once for a number of reasons, which I won't go into in too much detail in this podcast. But uh, suffice to say, I don't believe that they are being particularly reasonable with their arguments on this subject. Uh, I think... To be completely blunt, that they have a measure of willful ignorance about them, particularly on this very subject. So, why did this this statement arise? The individual who made this comment is, from what I can gather from their from their posts and comments, a very big believer that. Capitalism is great, that it's wonderful, and that it, you know, it really is the best vehicle for people to have a good life. It's probably the best vehicle for some people to have a good life, but left unchecked, well, you only need to look at the US healthcare system to see how it can destroy people's lives. In effect, over there, there is a two-tier healthcare system for those who can afford the very best care, and then there's the care on offer for those who can't afford the very best care. That's why, at its very best, the US healthcare system is one of the best systems in the world for those who've got the bank balances to be able to afford it. At its worst, there are numerous other healthcare systems around the world which are comfortably better than the US healthcare system. And most of those systems operate at a free of point of service sort of system. And some of them have kind of hybrid ideas in place. Some of them are, shall we say, in between the privatized US healthcare system and some of them are, you know, they're in between that and the UK's National Health Service. But there are various hybrid systems to various degrees, which all, generally speaking, perform better than the US healthcare system. So that's kind of where we're at from a, from a money point of view. It's all well and good to say capitalism is wonderful, that it spurs innovation, invention, etc. But equally, it most decidedly holds a lot of people back. The, the policies of greed, they are why people don't get a decent living wage. It's why people are forced to choose between paying their rent, for example, or buying food. 
It's why the USA is not a great country for its poverty line. Something like almost 18% of Americans are actually below the poverty line, which means their income doesn't actually enable them to cover the, the essentials. And in a country like America, which has held itself up as being a, a beacon of, of the world for its opportunities and for, and for its freedom, really, that's shocking. And it, it, it isn't freedom to be in a system like that. It's just a, a form of chains. Let's face it, that's what it is. The people are chained to an economic system which it kind of basically sort of skims for the people who are in power. And that applies to Republicans and Democrats alike, by the way. And it leaves everyone else really struggling. I mean, even the people who are above the poverty line, if you're not that far above it, you're still going to be struggling. How do people save for the future? How do people afford to be able to do things? I mean, surely, you know, people should be able to have a life outside of work. Yet, the original proponent of this whole poverty is a choice idea, uh, you know, he, he admitted himself that he struggles to pay the rent. His answer, he went and got a second job. Well, that's up to him. If he has no problem with working pretty much non-stop and not having a life, that's on him. But personally, I think that's a terrible philosophy. And you know, is that really how he wants to spend the rest of his days? I don't think that's right. I don't think that's fair. But of course, you make statements like this, like the ones that I'm making now, and what you find is the next thing is people say, ah, you're a communist, you're a Marxist, you want to strip people of their wealth and give it away to everyone else for doing more or less nothing, uh, which is not my position. It's never been my position. But that doesn't stop those kinds of arguments and accusations being made. I have said it before across other avenues, and I will say it again, that I have no problem with people earning money. I have no problem with the existence of millionaires or billionaires, for that matter. If you've worked hard and you've earned that money, great, terrific. I do have some questions around whether or not anyone really truly earns, say, for example, the 118 billion that Elon Musk is said to be worth. I mean, the bottom line is he's inherited some money uh, and he, his fortune is built upon the work of others as well. So he hasn't personally earned every last bit of that money. But nonetheless, you know, I don't begrudge someone earning a lot of money. I have no problem with that. The problem lies with when people earn huge sums of money, eye-watering sums of money to the average person, whilst other people are, are barely able to afford to pay their rent, whilst other people are homeless. To put this into perspective, Elon Musk spent $44 billion, $44 billion to buy the social media platform Twitter, very famous uh, sort of event, shall we say. The, um, one of the US government departments, back in 2012, they estimated that it would cost 
about $20 billion to, to tackle homelessness in the USA. So in other words, Elon Musk could have resolved the problem of homelessness twice over and had money to spare and you know, had billions of dollars to spare. And I'm not suggesting that he alone should put everything into a project like that. But it does stop and give you pause. It makes you realise that whilst we hear how there's no money available for this and for that and the other, the money is available. It's just tied up in all the wrong things. Jeff Bezos spent something like $5 billion or something on his, on his, on his space rocket, $5.5 billion. Now, that money could have given every employee of Amazon in the USA a $5,000 bonus. But instead, it went upon a vanity project. And is is that really the sign of someone being reasonable? And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that he can't spend his money on things, but surely, surely the priorities there are all skewed. And people praise him for being this wonderful entrepreneur. But again, how much has Bezos actually earned the money he's got? And how much of it is built upon the labour force that he's got instead, who are doing all the hard work? I mean, after all, Bezos has got time to get involved with launching himself into space. How much is he actually involved in the down? you know, the down-to-earth kind of daily grind of his business. It makes you stop and think, doesn't it? But when you suggest Mm -hmm. these ideas, then, like I say, suddenly you get people squealing at you that you are, you know, that you're being unfair, that the government has no right to tell people how to spend their money, uh, that these are all totalitarian uh, kind of dictatorial ideas and that kind of thing. And the ironic thing is, I often hear this argument from people who then talk about charity. They talk about kindness. They talk about uh, altruism and mercy. But do they really mean any of that? Or is this all just a form of lip service? Because... They offer these empty platitudes, but they don't offer anything that's actually tangible to help deal with some of these very serious problems in the world today. If they contributed even a little bit to the issues of things like poverty and homelessness, then given the number of billionaires out there in the world, they could probably put a serious dent in it. The organisations that some of them own and work for are incredibly rich organisations. Amazon, of course, is huge. As we know, Facebook is huge. Google is huge. The likes of Apple and Samsung, all these companies. I mean, okay, I'll grant you this. Samsung are not an American company, so they might affect things a bit differently, but I'm sure they can do things elsewhere. But all of these companies, they're incredibly wealthy. And... They, they undoubtedly, if they really wanted to, they could help their workforce more. And that, of course, puts more money into the economy, for crying out loud. I mean, it's not like they wouldn't be profitable if they didn't increase wages a bit. 
They absolutely could do that, but they're more concerned about pleasing shareholders than they are about the people doing all the hard work for them. But the people they work for have more disposable income, then they're more inclined to spend it, for crying out loud. I mean, that's, that's not rocket science, but there's no interest in that. And there's no interest in that because there's too much greed at play. And this rampant, unchecked greed is a poison upon our society. But the likelihood of things changing is kind of slim to none. If you're going to rely upon people being altruistic, then what you're going to find is nothing's going to change. So does that therefore mean perhaps there has to be some form of intervention? Perhaps so. The likes of Musk and Bezos and you know, Zuckerberg or Facebook and all the rest of them, they are never, ever going to do the right thing by the people who work for them unless they are made to. That's the bottom line. They're never going to act unless they're told to act. And that's why we still have a serious problem with poverty in the USA and right here in, in Britain as well and why there are still serious problems of homelessness in countries that proclaim themselves to be the best countries in the world. Some food for thought, people. <laughs>